This episode is sponsored by Yongli and Vikram Call Investments, New York. When speaking about cinema, quite a few film theorists use a language which is complex and disconnected from ground realities. But I've seldom felt that way whenever I've heard Karan Bali speak or read his articles on cinema. As we will discover in this episode, Karan has that special knack to make film history interesting, intriguing, relatable and contextual. My personal view is that this is exactly how film history should be taught. if we wish to reel in the younger generation into learning about the past in the second part of my conversation with film historian karan bali we continue from where we left off and converse about his profound understanding of cinema its history and how the development of the pakistani film industry compared with our very own here in india hi i'm atul taishete and welcome to my show conversations with atul but that is also because your father was a genuine film buff i think because if you te- like when you uh, like we haven't discussed that too much but your mother and father the, the kind of influence they had on you regarding cinema you know where there was a vcr and you could go and there were membership for almost like so many my middle my grandmother was also fond of the older films so yeah there was a lot of yeah. film watching in the and it's an, it's an amazing influence because your mom was uh, very interested in old cinema like i asked you the first time more recently when i talked with you i asked you that why is it that so much of you know like i don't i know very few people who talk so passionately about the 40s and the 30s and the 50s you know i mean it's i guess it's what you those years are very formative and right. then and actually to be honest i saw things surely much later by then you had seen so many copies etc and you didn't like it you said yeah so i i really thought what's the big deal yeah you thought mera gaon mera desh was a far better film right no that i saw mera gaon mera desh later but when i saw it and i realized it was before shole one one realized how much shole is taken from it and one actually realized ki it's a tighter film ki shole was more about blending the different items together mera gaon mera desh sticks more to the story So I think it's a thing tighter the thing, and in fact, actually, one of the film directors whom I think has not got his due in Indian cinema is Raj Kosla. Raj Kosla. In fact, when the FTII held a right online uh, thing, I was yeah, on I that. I agree entirely with that. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Because yeah, I mean, Kosla could do thrillers like CID, Wokonthi, Mirasaya, Anita. He could do intense love stories like Do Badan. He could do family melodrama. I uh, think melodramas like Do Raste, Dakoid mm. drama in Mera Gaon Mera Desh, or Kache Dage. Both are great Dakoid uh, dramas of the thing seventies. Kache Dage, so I I find the climax of Kache Dage amazing. I mean, <laughs> it's an amazing climax. Then he climax. also done some uh, <laughs> very interesting thing stories. I mean, they did take off from Hollywood, but he really tweaked them well. Think Solva Sal. Right. Right. It's a one night story. Hmm. A wonderful story where Waheeda Rehman runs away runs with, from home and with this guy. Yeah. And this guy do dupes, dupes her. her. Yeah. And she meets this other guy who uh, has to get yeah. her back home before her father think wakes up and realizes what the girl is done right. in the night. Right. Super story. And there were shades of incest in Bombay ka babu. Right. Which again was a very very bold thing to do uh, in that time. Uh, over there so Uh, of course they all had a lot of hollywood influence in fact khosla's very first movie that he made milap before cid uh, was a pretty faithful copy of frank capra's mr deeds goes to town oh with devanand and geeta bali 
in fact that was endatta's break as a music director no other so yeah there was an influence my dad saw the classic hollywood films my my mom saw the older ones so as i said i grew up on the uh, the films of the 50s yeah i'd seen piyasa kagaz ke phool all these movies anarkali mughal e azam do bigha zameen before you went to ftia yeah that time and i really like them i found them much better than the 70s action i think cinema but the 70s i have my memories as a youngster being taken to see the movies i remember i was 3 year old and my grandmother my maternal grandmother because all the all her brothers were in delhi so she used to go to visit them and occasionally we were taken as company uh, i was a 3 year old who was taken to see hare rama hare krishna that was so as i remember my first film in the theater and in the very first 10 minutes after the parents are totally uncaring towards the boy and the girl and the girl starts to cry and then the the boy sings the uh, phoolon ka taaro ka right oh i i began howling my grandmother had to take me out <laughs> and that time in delhi where public transport everyone went by car right and uh, each time she would kind of try to take me back in i would start crying in the darkness she literally had to sit in the lobby with me she couldn't go home also because <laughs> the others were there she had come with and think so the entire movie she missed because of me then i remember that the next one i remember seeing completely ki two years later that time ki worli had i think satyam shivam sundaram those three theaters three theaters together yeah. and i think one of them we had gone and seen bobby okay the bobby i remember i don't think i i needed to be taken out or something it was uh to see thing fully I don't remember too much in the theaters because both my parents were working. I remember more of growing up on movies and being the buff on the VCR mm-hmm. thing. But from the libraries we took largely the uh the old movies. And because we were 40 km from Bangalore, in fact my mom had even made a deal with the video library guy. They used to charge ki 10 rupees a day. We could keep it for 4 5 days and we used to pay 15 rupees a tape because we could not return it every day. And he could and he would let us take 3 or 4 movies together. in one go right rather than one tape at a time so yeah i among the movies i i, I remember that time on the hindi side ki discovering was guide uh, taj mahal with pradeep kumar and bina rai among others because i saw gurudev bimal roy in bombay my dad's video library high noon and again this guy with whom i went for the world cup 83 palekar mm-hmm. he was very fond of gurudev he introduced me to pyasa and uh, i think kagaz ke phool anarkali yahudi of vimal roy's all those movies so and my dad was in, in interested in hitchcock in cuker and hawks john ford so i discovered that kind of a golden age of hollywood so to say over there i mean i i uh, high noon shane stage coach especially since he liked westerns i had uh, think seen them all wow over there but there is one person from ftii maybe he doesn't talk about it think so much but he had a similar kind of backdrop as to his growing up in the movies when he came to ftii kubania my junior and that was shivendra singh dungarpur again very good knowledge he doesn't talk too much about it but had grown up on ford cuka hawks he and me had a lot of discussions on the hollywood uh, thing golden age and uh, thing and even we've continued to be the best of friends till today 
once or twice we've gone to rhythm house and all he's bought i think cassettes of segal and stuff so he he also kind of goes back to 30s 40s 50s oh he's also got that guy i think that's the reason that he and me from different batches but became very close friends because of the and affinity and he's also committed to saving films oh, and yeah. i mean that's that's something like i think would love to talk with him i think it's just so oh, anyway so yeah that so affinity was there for the for, for liking films of that era but of course he was very big on the 70s also i wasn't he was like many people very big on bachan in right. the 70s i never was in fact i remember they shot dordo panch when we were in school and not that bachan was he was perfectly okay but he preferred to be by himself if someone went for an autograph he gave it thinks ashikapur mingled with the school kids etc So at that age, one just naturally found him far more friendly with the kids. Um, they Not used they used kids from yeah they it, they used to give it out for shootings. Door do panch was shot there, so we so were among the kids. Shootings because door door do panch a lot of that film was in a school. It's set in that school. Yeah. Okay. They shot Bhavna with Shivana Azmi there. Okay. They shot uh, Daisy one Mallu movie. Okay. They shot a Tamil movie. I don't know the name. With when I was there with this actor Mohan, an actress called Nalini, they're shooting a comedy scene there. They shot uh, Mani Ratnam's that a a peck on the cheek, the Sri Lankan issue. Ah, okay. Uh, the girl, her yeah, solo yeah, yeah. song with her the friend. The small girl. Rose up, yeah. They shot that in Lovedale. Lots. They shot lots. Oh, okay. So was uh, uh, we'll just quickly get to FTI a little bit of FTI how it was and then if we can just get to you know if you can just we can see the history of cinema through your eyes in the sense of how you looked at it from the first uh, movie from say 1919 right I mean to how every decade passed and how, how what is your how do you see it you know so how was FTI for you I mean uh, generally as an experience anyway the the good part of it was that. Uh, one got in the first try so one didn't kind of have to really at that time make use of things siddharth kak but i did actually work with him first after coming out uh in the industry i began as an independent director along with surabhi he had begun another magazine program called bhumi which was based on the environment so that and i did some surabhi stories so th- those were the in- i did work with him anyway but i got in into the fti in the first try but it was a bit uh, i think crazy because that year the teachers had a strike in bombay university so the exams were postponed the results were postponed <coughs> by the time i got into fdii my my results hadn't come out come out and in fact when there was talk itself of the exams being postponed one was a bit nervous about this because of uh, I just said when I decided one wanted to go to FTII. In fact, I remember one journalist had come, Manjula Padmanabhan, I think it was, to interview students on their thoughts because we were on strike, the teacher strike. You you would still go to college and hang around the canteen, Xavier's, but the teachers were not there. There were no classes, and they introduced a group of students. They introduced us, in fact, my group, and including Naresh. And I happened to mention that, but I'm not happy about it because Naresh is more like, look, if it happens. If we if we lose a year, we lose a year, the kind of thing. <laughs> so zero years cool by me. So unfortunately, we were uh, mentioned under an article: "Ki <laughs> students indifferent to teacher strike." 
you were also there in the and that also on page 1 of times of india uh, <laughs> at the bottom but well fortunately for me after quoting naresh they said uh, all students are not so indifferent and some are worried for other reasons and then they kind of mentioned me that uh, you know his friend i think karan bali is worried because he wants to give the entrance exam for the film <laughs> yeah. institute and he's worried if the exams are <laughs> would he lose this year etc <laughs> maybe someone in fti reddit said who is this guy who was actually talking about <laughs> give the entrance exam maybe that's uh, how i got in uh, over there but yeah i didn't have my results i had to come back to the university i had to take my results in a sealed envelope and give it to the fti right uh, to think continue but again i was lucky they they let me join and uh, you know because my results were not out so think technically i was not a graduate when i joined ftii and the classes started but i think this is because of what happened the previous year and that is the same thing happened with a senior of mine and i think sound guy who's doing very very well on his own now and one of the finest sound designers there is arun nambiar okay the same situation happened with him that his results were not ready and the institute sent him back home so nambiar had no contacts nothing there is something about the government offices of that time like i told you fti responded to me you yeah you know them in school he sent off a letter to the the prime minister's office he had no address he didn't know anybody there saying ki i don't think this is fair they've sent me back home until my results come i'm losing my classes <laughs> the fti got pulled up oh really the central government got in touch with them and said if the guy fails you ask him to leave right you can't you can't keep wow. him out from the classes nambiar was asked to join back so i think next year when there was this thing thing similar situation i was not asked to go back or wait until my results so again the government responded this was for him it was 88 amazing so they responded and uh uh the fti had to take him back and wait for his results amazing was so yeah uh and how was i mean how was your journey after fti like when you came the first part was tough uh because one had seen mainstream cinema right and the orientation course also didn't give us too much of the other kind of cinema so to say so suddenly when we came in along with whatever ragging that happens in the first two weeks mainly they they keep you awake till 2 3 at night you don't get enough sleep yeah the and the fact that in the very first week i remember we had revenge of the kabuki actor we knew nothing about the kabuki tradition why is this guy dressed as a woman what is he doing kisolaris who understood tarkovsky at that point a lot of these movies were put in the very first week itself and one really wondered where the hell is one come uh because i mean you want to be a filmmaker you want to kind of uh m- make stories you're interested in the line because of what you've seen in hollywood and uh, mainstream cinema and suddenly you're being like you know shown solaris you don't understand anything uh when you're when you're shown weekend godas you didn't you i don't think you ever even noticed that those three cars the white blue and red which bang then you're being told in class did you notice that is the color of the french flag it is liberty equality fraternity you know 
clashing with each other i mean it was uh, think something that uh, uh, i would say one was out of one's uh, depth for a while ki actually wondering ki where is uh, thing one come over there of course the screenings were there you were with a group that spoke about cinema in classes you saw extracts uh all that was interesting enough but you got very little out of the screenings initially the movies went straight over over your head a lot of them did obviously when you saw ray and all for example yes uh i think they showed us i think charulata maybe in the orientation so one was kind of aware uh, and ki some ray may not be mainstream with thing thing but and uh, he worked to the different idiom but ray was very classic in his story yeah absolutely so i don't think one had any think problem there in fact jay in fact ray admired uh, hollywood he admired john ford he admired those right. filmmakers it's ghatak later on as one saw who real who uh, was more influenced and was more fond of the cinema of europe soviet cinema where your politics on your sleeve think so to say ray was not ray was very classic but ray was very humane in his thing storytelling right over there so i'm not saying people like ray or think stuff but think somewhere uh, some movies like think solaris etc i i think remember really clearly through one off gear godard through one off gear and now ironically when we look at it with whatever little we think study that thing that phase of 60 to 67 you know up to two or three things that i could say about a weekend godard is actually a lot more accessible now in those movies in fact it's the later ones he became even more esoteric yeah yeah over there but that time that itself was enough for us i mean of course you were blown by the the traffic jam sequence but that's a shot yeah it's just a part a shot. of a film yeah, absolutely so a lot of that film uh, you know kind of thing so yeah it it was a bit difficult and uh, but i think it was you also saw it was in common to a lot of people for a lot of them they were being exposed to it for the first time though of course you had fti every year has think students who come from jadavpur university my batch had it share they've seen all these movies part of the film society screenings in calcutta and i remember one batchmate of mine he 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 got in the second attempt with my batch and he was in pune so he had tried the year before and he would he used to come to the institute then so when we actually had our orientation and we had our discussions I remember we were very psyched by him, and that was Vinayan, who's now in UK, uh, thing, uh, uh, teaching filmmaking. He for a long time worked in NID. Okay. He and Arun Gupta were among the main guys who set up the film department, the the film and video department, and its growth. They were very very key figures in it at NID. So we were very psyched when in the discussions itself, that Vinayan would drop films of Bunuel and Tarkovsky and stuff, and even in our discussions, we really hadn't. nobody had even the the lot of people who were applying for direction had seen these film um, makers of course so you had these lot from bengal etc who had seen all these movies and who had their discussions perhaps on a more intellectual uh, thing level but uh, yeah it took time to settle down into that in ftii but i think it's a thing as you study movies in and out inevitably you have to analyze them inevitably you have to go deeper into it inevitably you think sh- you think sharpen your skills your interpretive skills because ultimately you have to apply that to your own scripts so in fact even when i teach thing today like for example i do cinema studies i've done with xic students it's not the conventional cinema studies it's not semiotics and this and that in detail it is how do you analyze a movie and go deeper what are the 
things so that you use that in your own exercises how to analyze the content how to understand the context of a film how to understand the historical context if it's an international movie where does it stand in that country's history right that the film thing speaks about so obviously cinema craft is a part of it where does it stand in things cinema history context the era it's come why does that film stand out over there so uh, and then of course analyzing the actual content both screenplay wise and the text the subtext everything the the characters the characterization and the film craft i get more into that uh, so that they kind of apply all this uh, into their own uh, thing scripts so even there ultimately you do i mean keep uh, think sharpen your skills uh, with uh, everything in class and i have to say fti opened up a whole new world also for me that there are different ways to tell stories so of course one kind of gets used to that and fti your screenings were one masterpiece yeah you followed by another so it your mind was also blown a lot while you think struggled to come to terms with it i think evening after evening in uh, the screenings so i think but i think a lot of people that i saw in fdii tended to use that and being aware of a newer kind of cinema and seeing what a lot of the other students were influenced by got into that i think that peer group influence uh, i noticed a tendency that they kind of tended to look down on hollywood right absolutely and indian thing cinema i think maybe the fact that i've been writing on cinema history i set up upper stall later is the fact that somewhere to me it was there are additional things to learn you don't diss one at at the cost of the other so i think i was equally fond of indian cinema in fact the sunday screenings were old hindi movies and i may and i would attend them all whether one was up late at night you know saturday night but i would go for the sunday screenings and not just that of course we saw the in hindi we saw the the gurudats and the raj kapoors etc etc but for me when i found out that fdii i mean when the archives because obviously most of our screenings came from the archive prints but when i saw that they even had movies that okay it's not gurudat it's not so deep but they've got paying guest ki they've got munim ji and made them screen those movies also so very much the the mainstream indian thing cinema was thing something that and classic hollywood was thing something i think continued with the fact is what i think the other movies taught you is that there are other ways to tell stories there are other ways to treat images and sound or absolutely so absolutely to get the the most of that as you can right. and hopefully somewhere when you make films you know that but it's not necessary that you have to diss one at the cost of the other and it's equally probable that in your thing storytelling you may not veer towards the kind of cinema I did not veer towards the kind of uh, think Tarkovsky or uh, thing. I did right. not, but I think it's integral that one looked at his movies at the institute to see that there is another world. So even now with my Kevin, uh, if I teach Indian thing cinema history, I did not go the let's say even the Indian parallel thing cinema movement or look at the work of thing Manikal or thing Kumar Shani. But I have to look at those movies. I have to see what I get out of it. I have to see. Uh, I have to read up what I can when I do it for students. It you have to know what is there. Then of course, uh, as a filmmaker, you make your own thing choices. choices. You you instinctively develop a style. Certain things work within you, and uh, you 
thing form your uh, thing style so i think somewhere one was always very clear it, it had to be the narrative and i'm still a i think very very big admirer of mainstream cinema just that i feel that we don't go that extra mile which can really make that unnees bees ka farak and at times not really doing anything just having a proper basis in the script one i mean let's take a mainstream hindi movie today of course things are different because i think the song has gone out of yeah yeah in the cinema if if it if it doesn't move the story forward uh, audiences have no patience for a song that's going to halt the it's narrative. only an item number now no, normally yeah. uh, that also item numbers are normally held when there's a villain in the den the cop is coming this little story element over there in fact many a time the songs are only that one video is shot with the end title yeah that's over there. that's but it. let's say up to a few years ago mainstream cinema still used think songs etc right you're talking about like 20 years back 30 years back like in i am saying even 10 years back yeah 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 okay you know that the song has always brought think people right it is a story to the yeah, theater you're right you're right. right all you need to take is to take care that you have a hummable song with well written words that the common man can hum that's what he comes for integrate that in your story you're looking at a love story of course we were throwing certain things as screenplay writing tricks because what's the most common situation in any film boy meets girl right how do you make it fresh in your film so for example i remember hari haran did this with us when he came for a workshop uh, that uh, normally a common event you would set in an uncommon location like where the boy meets the girl or if it were to go a thing step further in an uncommon manner that automatically makes it fresh right okay and i still remember while applying that i can never forget for example and i'm actually going to a mainstream hindi movie uh to think kasme vaade i can never forget that first meeting of bachan and rakhi they see each other when they're on those cable cars as they go in ah. it was unusual i remember it a movie like pa which came in 2004 and if they can't think of anything fresh vidya balan and he bang into each other i've seen that 2000 times which film pa 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 right right abhishek and vidya bang into each other right 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 i've seen that 2000 times big deal yeah yeah but yeah. i remember the kasmevade thing right 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 so even that thing in uh, this dilwale dulhaniya i think the first time they just cross each other yeah but even that has its uh, precedence everyone it one hadn't seen movies for so long so everyone went wow have a look at madhumati okay <laughs> in the in the mela sequence <laughs> dilip kumar and bajanti mala keep getting crossing each other in the, uh, yeah. in the thing over there no no i think olden uh, old o- older cinema it's not got its due uh, and this is not just indian cinema but uh, uh, even classic hollywood i think what students have also not understood and many of them make long faces when you show them scenes from the older movies right for the concepts of thing cinema it's not as if everything old is great when you're teaching it you're teaching it for certain concepts to go through of cinema the fact is ki cinema has gone through so many changes today that there's a lot of blurring in fact there's so much of blurring in fiction and non fiction today so there's a lot of blurring in terms of styles rules etc the older movies took those elements and handled them on a much more pure it was much more pure in its handling of those issues if you're looking at thing continuity it handled continuity very purely to- today films don't care about breaking axes 
etcetera etcetera right, or right. even having continuity uh, over there and it's kind of uh, it's no longer a, a continuity jerk is no big deal today over there and, and it's often a style many filmmakers do an entire scene in one shot now you jump to one scene you don't have a thing but if i have to explain rules of continuity the older movies give you it in a far more purer shape right how not to cross the axis an older movie tells me many a time in a much more pure manner those that very grammar that griffith put into place then when you have to explain these but then one has to then kind of use a little thing psychology martin scorsese always speaks about going back to the old classics to learn like the painters go to the old classics <laughs> filmmakers like him absolutely. go to the old classics absolutely so i all i always show my students that a personal journey through american movies by martin scorsese and when scorsese says look at older movies and he analyzes those clips in great detail the students are open to the older uh the older clips but the the point is that so yeah we we'll, we'll, i mean but obviously he learn things like uh thing and if it's an uncommon event alien invasion etc you need to make it plausible a common location happens in the market out on the streets i remember hariharan taught this keeping uh, taught us uh, this so i think somewhere my point is that you use uh, these elements to how you can tell a story but i was very clear that uh, one would tell story and as i said these are simple things you have to just include in a mainstream movie right. let the hero and the heroine meet in a fresh way right have songs which are hummable if it's a romantic movie have the romantic scenes as nice moments between the two of them right this is not rocket science it is mainstream cinema it is for the public but you're just think lifting it just that small element actually yeah. that makes all the difference i used to actually also do this when i, I didn't teach much but i used to put this like uh, take two completely different characters give them a location like say a cemetery for example you know if you, like any anything then give them a completely different genre don't give them horror give them like comedy you know so you have these four five uh, aspects that you have to put into your end and write a four four scene film four scene uh, story or a film or whatever you want to do you know and it suddenly people come out with extremely random things you know which are which are brilliant when you give them those elements otherwise sab log to waisa hi sochta hai ki like you said banging into a street both of them and what the and i think especially when you have the younger lot and to certain extent, i also use that as one extent a, a, a jilted love affair leading to a suicide attempt now the today's generation only thinks of that the first script so his girlfriend <laughs> jilted him so he slit his wrist i did that in my mizon scene but i did it as part of a story because i needed a i wanted a simple story because it was a single shot exercise mm. so and uh, that exercise was actually a flashback within the shot mm. one room you see the woman lying with her wrist slit and as the camera moves and you kind of go over various elements which show that she's a sculptor you have uh, things statues etc and when the and when the camera goes into the next room at a two room set this is lit for night and that was lit for day she's meanwhile got up she's obviously taken her position there she's working on a piece of sculpture and she's told of the breakup of her relationship there right so there i didn't want to make it too complicated i did go for an easy solution but the fact is that i was doing that in one shot so i was yeah. i was more trying to do that not that i don't have a that i'm thinking suffering from an idea that mm. you know that uh, 
But in ideas repeat over decades and over years, and and people don't even notice them. That's that's what is like. Yesterday I was talking with someone about Jhund, for example. You know, I only said, "Arey, wo udhar wo kia hai." They've done that where they have these street kids and they are all acting in it, and this then they change and all that. I said, "I mean, it's not the same kinds, but this has already been done in Mashal and Ankush, and you know, it's it's already there. It's done in Mere Apne. It's it's all this kind of a thing. And if you want to look at it, then look at Salam Bombay. You know, Salam Bombay had exactly this kind of. Oh, that uh, way. Uh, the the other thing with things students because a lot of them are big Cohen Brothers thing fans. So when. The ballad of Buster Scrubs came. Mm-hmm. Last time in class, did you remember the first story? Mm-hmm. The minstrel cowboy, the killer right, cowboy. Right, right. He plays a ukulele. So what do the Coen Brothers do? As one of the shots when he's playing, they go inside the ukulele. You have, you've got this black. You've got that hole. Uh-huh. The strings on the other side and the hands playing. So I say, look at these three manzil. Uh, right. Aaja aaja, I mean, Kishore Anand did this in '66. He yeah, went in inside song, the guitar. Right? It's in the in Aaja aaja, I mean, yeah, 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 right, right, right. Uh, right. So that's just it. And everything old it doesn't necessarily mean. And honestly, I th- don't think we've come across another director with the kind of short taking that Vijay Anand thing right. conceived at that point of time. And in in that time, there there wasn't even a video assist. He had to wait for the rushes. and the cameraman's word of mouth that which is It's the okay, okay take <laughs> seriously there. and actually i but when you show film students vijay anand's work today they are zapped their eyes do open i've seen that their eyes do open that he might be old but they they find him a lot more modern in his short taking and urban sophistication his women characters having minds of their own right uh they are actually quite zapped by thing vijayana so thing somewhere in the institute yeah, i didn't diss indian thing cinema or hollywood cinema but another world did open up of movies from all around the world and while we had a faculty i would say you learned because you had classes with extracts you were doing your exercises basically learning movies having interactions every day almost 24/7 at times i think that opened up a world for you there but earlier years it took time to get used to some of the movies then of course one was used to the tarkovskis one was used to bunuel one was used to that and there's always something you can take from a a director initially i found bergman much too intense but later on i found nobody can hold close ups with those actors for absolutely. so long absolutely cries and whispers i mean as bergman could yeah, and yeah, no yeah. one could get key performances out of actors like bergman could right. now that is something to aspire to right yeah you you don't need to like like tarkovsky i love the short taking you know i mean i have uh, the kind of cries and whispers i mean the the close ups are mind blowing and i, I may not understand the movie but when we discuss something we discuss elements of it say for example many of the filmmakers the kurosawa tarkovsky when they first made their color movies they were so conscious of their color palettes that makes you think towards color palette right. it make you think towards your color palette a mainstream cinema can do that why not yeah yeah in fact one of the rare things in the olden days kithing chetan anand did which was landmark in he ranja not only was the whole script written in verse entire script the dialogues the entire movie it's a triumph for think kafi azmi You wrote the entire screenplay in verse. That is Rajkumar, the Rajkumar film, and and Priya Rajwan, and Priya Rajwan. But until Basant comes, Chetan Anand avoided the color yellow. 
in every frame so that wow. all these women when they come in yellow that hits you as you as an audience wow wow so uh, so even mainstream cinema can do a lot of all this right and it it's just a small thing it it lifts elevates the film so yeah. my point is it can do a lot it doesn't <laughs> it doesn't and at times as i said you just need songs a common man can hum well written the olden day the the movies even the comedian songs edile mushkil jeena hai ha not only had poetry they had a philosophy of life it's how he looks at bombay the the song had a philosophy right. of life that made the thing the thing the thing poetry richer and then uh, for example if it's a love story good romantic moments between the boy and the girl maniratnam did it so beautifully in the 80s and 90s absolutely that's all it needs yeah, i mean right. i saw one a tamil movie asai with ajit there are two heroines after him he hardly re- uh, reacts with bhavna hardly interacts with her the songs also in the in the romance are imagined by bhavna in romantic situations he interacts much more with samira reddy in the end he goes i want her to bhavna how all he needed was to build up that romance a little more little more interaction little more nice scenes that he also likes her that's all it needed it makes the whole track cut incredible right you are like you going what the hell he hardly interacted with her she thinks <laughs> of him why is he gone for her why not this girl why not he's interacted much more with this girl and he seems to be liking her so it's it, it kind of loses that thing credibility and that's all it needs just a little more interaction between the two of them right so in that you can kind of uh, lift uh, even nothing mainstream uh, thing film thing so much so i don't diss uh, think commercial cinema at all yeah there are things certain things when you think study in thing it in thing context uh mainstream cinema will always have those problems depiction of women i mean even the gurudats and the bimal roys etc things stuck to patriarchy in their movies a woman had a particular place they might be sensitive to them they might make them central characters but it is just up to here that a woman can do over there i mean mr and mrs 55 what is the poster of it one half of it is madhubala in a dress and she's buckling her shoe i mean gurudath is buckling her shoe the second half is he's standing there and she's now touching his feet with the and that's what she becomes right 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 in our part the shama stops wearing those dungarees when she falls in love she wears salwar kameez only indian clothes so there is a very traditional patriarchal um, way of of thing looking yeah, at women right. even in these films that we regard as our masterpieces right and ironically it was a parallel indian cinema movement of the 70s that gave thing women and particularly women played by shabanas and smita patel umbarta subha she could walk out of a marriage marriage or she could tell the guy if i had an affair yeah would you have forgiven me and when he admits no she says how do you expect me to forgive you at the end that mainstream and it's quite interesting again that's the i think the other beauty of indian thing cinema lot of things first of all we had a we have a variety of thing cinemas in the country because thing cinema itself kind of took shape in calcutta madras kolhapur bombay plus the country is diverse diverse cinemas ki took shape right in the beginning certain cinematic language is common how to use songs etc uh, i think in it 
but there was a diversity in the very fact that we had different filmmaking centers over there and that itself kind of i think gave indian cinema a variety and now when it's exploded today with digital with equipment being ac- accessible you find films being made all over the country and since india is still a diverse enough country we have a variety in i think cinema that i don't think any other country has blessed are the curious for they shall have adventures extreme outdoors founded by young lee and vikram call bring to you the finest quality rvs in the country an rv for every need every kind of travel and all kinds of families check out our range of rvs like the little guy max little guy micro max little guy mini max and my pod adventure awaits what are you waiting for visit our website golittleguy.com for more details and somewhere we've never had depending on see bombay very clearly became the film capital it became the the pan india center of indian cinema automatically its market became the widest automatically its budgets became the biggest so automatically certain trends might happen only in a certain cinema for example after independence after urbanization Uh, the migration from towns to cities somewhere the d- discovery because we looked a lot at hollywood the discovery of film noir the urban crime thriller indianized in its own way became a very big genre in hindi cinema gurudatt began with it bazi arpar jal avaras got elements of noir along with this chapinis whatever but the slums etc right right uh directors like shakti samanta etc etc got their breakthroughs through noir his rajesh khanna face came 15 years later, later yeah. his first hit film was inspector he made movies like howrah bridge jali note singapore they were crime based films chinatown vijayan and 9211 i think kala bazar etc they are elements of crime but this didn't happen in the south you had the odd thriller so in this cinema you also got different things happening at different times in different cinemas apart from the variety of the cinemas 80s was the worst time for hindi cinema once padmalai the all the thing telugu south indian yeah, yeah aesthetics went for a six after the angry young man of the 70s music went for a six iraraja did some of his best work in the 80s after he came in 76 with anna kelly in tamil and telugu uh some of the best work in malayalam cinema was done in the 80s bharatan padmaraj in their middle of the road cinema kg george really came into its own the growth of mohanlal and mamutti ki through these movies so that's the other beauty of indian cinema there's no trend often that is only for the whole often for the whole country there's something happening here there's a different language the way politics was used by the dmk in tamil cinema from the late 40s itself and there's a totally different language of using the dravidian identity and the tamil identity even today even today a hero has to be one of the tamil person why shivaji the boss borders ki rajnikanth tells that dj who's playing international music play our music our culture play tamil song right. basically say i'm one of you 
So I think Tamil identity is very, very thing strong, and I think Tamil movie, the Dravidian identity, the how to you know kind of include a political imagery as part of the mizan scene. They tell their stories that way. How are the logos used? So many scenes begin with a new day rising sun. Why? The rising sun is a DMK's logo. In the black and white, while MGR was still with DMK. Amazing. He wore shirts which were light color, which could be red and black and white, and black pants. Why? Red and black were the work. He was the color of DMK. I mean, the color movies came. He wore red and black. He might have gray with it or something, but red and black were dominant colors in his costumes. Wow. It's a political ideology that's kind of subconsciously being, being drilled. Uh, drilled into uh, think people's heads. And then of course, MGR when he became big, think created his own image. of the savior of the oppressed because he became larger than life the earlier he used to give dmk messaging dmk became dependent on him to give their messaging he was doing his own thing imaging and the fact that in think tamil nadu and all the film actors became uh, bigger than gods there was a, so so people like mgr worked on merging the real image and the real image to keep that god like status So that kind of told itself into stories. The use of colors, use of thing symbols, party logos. That became a part of the thing story, and they had to fit it in as part of the story. Some of the the better ones did. The other ones are very obvious: monologue, speeches, all that. But that was a totally different language. And one sees also that the people in the south are more uh, emotional. when those movies are remade in hindi you can see the melodrama by the same director has been toned down in toned the down hindi version completely yeah even cast references are taken out actually in in hindi there's hardly anything which is like it's all like hindi cinema has never been brave or political like the south has the south reacted to the jallianwala bag although they were nowhere near it the initially the 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 drama clubs etc got politicized in their plays etc following the jallianwala bag massacre and the artists also got involved with politics right from the 1930s the drama artists who then came to cinema so in fact the congress used to take artists from there at speeches where the artists would draw the crowds in and then the congress head would speak and you are singing stars there so one of them would sing a patriotic song or a song in favor of you know gandhi and then the speech would happen in fact right up to 47 hindi cinema never even directly took on the freedom struggle they didn't want the films to be censored business was the thing where is a movie like tyagabhumi 1939 tamil has the heroine very clearly saying i'm joining gandhi ji to fight the to join the freedom struggle against the british Hindi cinema did not name the British. They had allegories. Sekandar is an allegory of the white foreigner and porous defending the motherland. Amazing. Kismat <laughs> that door hato hai dunya walo is just because the heroine is a stage show. They fit it in that, and that also because it was World War Two happening. The words don't even talk of the British. It talks of India will take care of its enemies even if they are Germans or Japanese, because. that's what the brits were fighting in world war 2 so the the brits could not censor it because it's a bit 
it's your cause we're talking about <laughs> the germans and the and, and the japanese are our enemies but of course the dur hato hai duniya walo is actually at the at the brits right they, they didn't even dare do it directly none of the artists were involved in the freedom struggle like that like in the south ek hangal and balraj sani became an actor much later na right so right. he he wasn't in films in the 40s devanand etc never got into the freedom struggle okay they were still lesser known let's talk about actors of the thing 30s thing ashok kumar segal etc they were not involved devi karani she came from rabindranath tagore's family right but this was a commercial venture cinema was cinema made and in fact bombay talkies made movies for entertainment in, even when they kind of made like achhut kanya that is a rare movie on caste but they sugar coated it mm-hmm. even sujata i think right that also that is more sensitive because by then we had entered our golden age we were not so stagey we were not so theatrical but there also bimal roy is think sugar coated it the caste issue is interesting today in marathi and in tamil because there've been a good amount of filmmakers from the dalit community and other castes oh, now come up and in fact they're doing interesting work because even someone like paranjit right while his movies of course there's a lot of metaphor symbolism for that the dalits look up to so you always find periyar ambedkar blue black you know the thing colors and but he doesn't look upon them as victims yes they have to fight for equality they fight for it he celebrates their way of life he celebrates their food he celebrates their culture and this is the this is equally worth thing celebrating there is nothing inferior about it but even in marathi there's only manjule i think who makes there's vinod kambli now after kasturi let's see what he does next mm. right but south there lot more stories coming up with caste and it's also in the south that one more thing there is you know even if they have a very typical hero as savior which is the biggest problem with jay bhim ultimately the resilience of the woman went out because ultimately became about the lawyer who fights the, the case and the fact that surya played him of course it's important that things such films are made at least these issues are out in the open but even within it how those people are treated the nexus with the law and them there's a political awareness between the caste between the various symptom i mean the systems the politics the the police the etc when you look at the the tamil movies they are far more aware of it that awareness is there even in their mainstream movies which hindi doesn't get maybe anyway, that's also a part of that that's one of the reasons i find indian cinema so fascinating that as i said one there's so much of variety due to different uh, types of cinema movements happened at different times and uh, the fact that i think today with filmmaking being a lot more accessible is uh you're seeing this from all over the country northeast has majorly found its mojo these days in their films post I think Shwas, Marathi cinema found a kind of mojo coming back in 2004. After Subramaniyapuram and Parathaviran, Tamil cinema took off from 2007-8. Some very interesting movies are made. Only Tamil cinema was a bit different from everywhere else. Everywhere else, there was a lot of influence of, as in Tamil cinema, international cinema. A lot of Marathi cinema, you can feel the template is Iranian cinema. 
right. we think we think children as protagonists to get the larger issues more a subtext across tamil cinema created a lot of these movies which are very raw which are very violent they looked at movies like city of god etc so their offbeat movies use the same language of short taking etc that the mainstream uses it's as dramatic it's as thing that is where their offbeat cinema is different from the rest of the country then their language is still mainstream superb the language is still mainstream short taking is oh, dramatic what a way to put it the thing yeah so even if you look at a joker you look at all those movies the short taking is a very mainstream kind of yeah right right and somewhere uh, the indian cinema interest was always there like i said and i never dissed it and it's it's kind of thing continuing because of apostol when we launched it in think 2000 it was just launched ki there's nothing to where do you go for indian cinema if you have to look for history mm. only had barno krishnaswamy's book and firoz rangunwala's and i think so many cinemas by by bd garga mm. so whatever research one could do then one ki finally with a couple of friends said let's do it by ourselves and let's have a site and it is looks at indian cinema and because it was that and history we were very clear that the focus was really the luminaries and the classic films the the luminaries and the pioneers of indian cinema and the films that are regarded so this, as this you made uh, this you just started with uh, uh, somil gandhi right no well of the original team now think somil gandhi karan anshuman and me are there right so let's just say it's it's a continue with us it's our baby and this was in what year launched in 2000 and how many issues have you come out with it's not issues it's a website it's a website yeah but you have this right uh, uh, i mean no, but earlier there used to be an issue right not issue we used to just send out newsletters before social media yeah, to, yeah. to those who had given us ki whenever there are new articles you get the newsletter of right that. right right It's a website. You are constantly updating the older articles. Stay on the. It's not like a magazine. Ki one issue and then. Because I remember seeing this newsletter that you. Are, that's why I got okay. And how has it been for you this whole journey of apostol so far? I mean, in terms of. See, there's a lot more one can do if one were to go the way of funding and stuff. One hasn't. Uh, and ki let's be clear. Ki today now there are things so many sites. the lot more articles that come out in other places at times even serious articles of course we we have a bit of a brand that there's still people who will come and read an apostol review but i also think that ki somewhere ki think somil has a website business with anshuman anshuman is a filmmaker himself i'm a filmmaker the fact that we never made it our main business we ran it with our work and we had no pressure that thing and or run after funding is also i think one reason we been able to do what we want and keep it going for 20 years and we still i mean 22 basically keeping it going this is the thing 22nd year but yeah it's and it also keeps me up to date with indian things cinema actually what's happening where which films have gone to festivals it's easier for me obviously to catch fti people and to talk about their films uh, with the network but yeah it, it keeps you thing and the one thing that i've also kind of he tried to do because now fti has opened up having a lot of film courses for aam janta film appreciation etc as one part of film appreciation i have regularly been doing courses on 
Oh, it's like a 15-day journey through history of Indian cinema. Oh, wow. So I've done about six editions of those between last uh, year before last from the end of the second half of 2020 to end of last year. This year I haven't taken on yet. But it's a proper 15 days right from the Lumiere screenings in Bombay, 1896 to uh, current Indian cinema today, over 15 days. Uh, again, I think Indian cinema has not got its due. It's also been dissed because the good mainstream films are great movies. The, the very typical elements like think song picturization, people like Gurudat and Vijayanand and Raj Kapoor have taken those elements to art forms in their own right. And I think people should see that. You actually, I, I had this one article which I had, you know, uh, on, on film songs that you had. Uh, said and this is from one of your articles you know it says that Karan adds that the 50s were the best times for film music thanks to the melodious compositions and meaningful lyrics that reflected a philosophy of life they were picturized by master directors such as Gurudat, Raj Kapoor, Vijayanand and Raj Khosla which elevated the song and dance routine to something sublime at that point of time the country was going through a phase of idealism after independence a lot of poets started working as lyricists and infused a political and philosophical awareness in the songs composers came out with some of the best compositions with singers such as Lata Mangeshkar Mohammad Rafi, Gita Dutt and Asha Bhosle being at their peak. The filmmakers in the 50s built the situations for song sequences. They often explored long scenes as in Mudmud Ke Na Dekh in Shri Charso Bees so that songs became an integral part of the narrative and propelled the plot. In Gurudat films, if you walked out at the beginning of a song and returned at the end of it, you would actually miss a part of the story. They were integrated in the narrative in such a manner, says Bali. He thinks that Vijay Anand, the director of Guide, Tisri Manzil and Jewel Thief was the best India had produced in terms of song picturizations. He further says, I feel that choreography in Tamil songs is unbeatable. And in the 80s, when Hindi film music saw its worst phase, Ilaya Raja produced some of its best music. Talking of Marathi cinema, some early songs of Prabhat's studio were innovative. In Kunku in 1937, you would find Shanta Apte singing an English song. And in Manus in 1939, you would be surprised to find a multilingual song by Shanta Hublikar. In the 50s and the 70s, in the Bengali industry, the romances starring Uttam Kumar and Suchitra Sen contained songs which subtly created the mood with the lighting and backdrop. With the passage of time, Bali feels there have been changes in Indian film songs, most of them working to the detriment of the craft. Why? I mean, this cynicism, I mean, it's… Because the filmmakers don't… It's actually given us… Our, song and dance has given us our unique identity down the years. And even initially when the Hollywood studios came, Fox and all, they, they couldn't do what they did in the rest of the world by taking over those industries. Because of the Hollywood kind dance. of filmmaking, they had to make Indian films. Right. So it was a very unique kind of language we have. But now the song and dance is going out because, as I said, filmmakers don't have the patience if a song doesn't move the story forward. And filmmakers have to create more and more innovative things, situations for songs today. For it to truly move the story forward and be a part of it. And many of them keep perhaps feel it's, it's too difficult. It's also to do with probably with film length because now if you go to a, a distributor will tell you that you have keep it within two hours. Only Hindi. Only Hindi. The South still goes for two hours, 40-50 minutes, all the big, the, the big budget movies and the thing star movies. Because I remember when I was, I had, I had a song, I mean it was like an item number in my film and I called the choreographer and that guy was obsessed with the hook step. You know, because his thing was that I think his, he didn't say it, but like everybody should 
डांस दैट हुक स्टेप यू नो like salman does with that belt or whatever else that yeah, is that's an integral part of our movies and that yeah, yeah. one has to kind of uh, think think create those moments uh, all the other problems uh, in the movie one can see why pushpa was such a big hit right absolutely just the shoulder thing just this that the slipper yeah 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 because that film made no sense to me honestly as a uh, but the uh, that one thing and uh, like somebody i think a marketing guy once said this to me that in a film now anything for to be successful you have to see if it can become a meme you know i mean i found that i mean yeah, yeah, mind blowing yeah. that something today like there's a different is, world in fact even for a thing filmmaker today if you were to kind of, i mean fortunately the world has opened up with information but if i was to make a if i was to uh, write a script I think today I really have to do research. What is the kind of script I've written? Who is going to be the target audience? Which production houses have well, made this? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, and only approach that those kind of uh, things. Right, right. See, they'll be interested. Next, I, I would have had to do a rough budget and a breakdown and schedule on my own because the first thing the guy will ask me how many days, how much money. Absolutely. And I need to have an answer. Absolutely. That is the first question. Who's the star? Then, and on who's the star? And who's the star? Who's the star? That's it. and then if you say you want so and so he's already working out itna budget bol raha hai that type of an actor has he got that draw ho sakta hai nahi ho sakta hai he's already working on that yeah 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 but you also have to see who are the ones if if it's uh, off the beaten track movie that you're doing who are the the production houses who have done that you can't write a gangs of wasepur and then go to yashraj you're wasting both time both people's times absolutely but uh, that point of time in the 50s yeah i mean it was it the reason it was called the golden age indian cinema really came into its own in the 1950s and uh, in that period when we speak about gurudatt etc making it an integral part the song of the movies it uh, all that was thought of in the script stage and if you look at all of vijayanand songs they don't just cut to songs scenes lead to the song. songs there's a build up in each of them to right. the song Three charts of beats that mood mood can I take? It's built up. That scene with Nargis in the club. She leaves him and says, "You are happy to this fake rich world." I mean, he's wondering what to do. That is when Nadira tries to entice him with mood mood can I take? And the song has been shot where it's much more slower and seductive with her. When he joins it, there's a rhythm. There's a hoy in his singing. There's ex- exuberance. He's now gone into that world. Now this has to be thought of in the script stage for it to be recorded like that. Absolutely, brilliant. So they. it was very integral to them how what it was doing to their story there was a proper build up to it and then what it was further doing to their story in fact nasrin muni kabir had mentioned in a book and this was majru sultan puri's uh, analysis of the of the of the gurudat songs and in our discussion i have to say nasrin and me added a third point over there but majru sir basically gave thing two uh, reasons so why does the gurudat song appear so well integrated in his movies If you look at many a Gurudat song, because obviously exceptions are there. When you form a style, it's wherever it works for you. It may not work in each and every song. Gurudat once he kind of evolved his style, almost never had an opening interlude. That's the audience will now sit back. Ya bhi gana aane wala hai. The characters are talking and the song starts. The song automatically appears to be an extension of the scene. He's talking with Shama in the garage. Is that silence? He th- throws and then sun 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 zalima. No opening, opening mm, introduction. Just it, start. It becomes an extension of the scene. Also, those days the songs were also, 
also shot like scenes with continuity etc so it thing seems to be an extension of the scene to gurudat is very particular that the lyrics guys write the words of the songs as well the way the characters speak it hmm one thanks to abrar alvi he had a dialogue writer who went into characters backgrounds and wrote the dialogues accordingly it was not one urdu writer just giving urdu dialogues and that is why one of the movies in thing the last few years which got a lot of rave reviews for dialogue writing i don't really think was very good because to me every character speaks like that dialogue writer and that was once upon a time in mumbai every character speaks with a bit of rajat arora rather than them having their individual listing the styles that's what yeah, okay that as it is gurudat with arpar especially onwards made abrar alvi do and i think that is what abrar alvi himself kind of came up with over there so he so he would tell the the lyric writers even in the songs to maintain the language that the characters speak otherwise you have a movie like howra bridge uh, think shakti samantas you have the madubala playing a thing a thing christian club dancer now how do you know she's christian because she talks ki tum kya bolta hai man that's a hindi but her songs are aaiye meherban baithiye jaane ja but gurudat kind of maintain that language when the song was written so it goes with the character and the third point barring one song from pyasa which the distributors are it is said the distributors asked him to put after the film was complete so he did it as a dream sequence he had to fit it in that was hum aapki aankhon mein otherwise gurudath had no fantasy songs the songs are picturized in locations that the characters would naturally inhabit not cutting to gardens and thing over here if he is working in the garage he picturizes sun 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 zalima in the garage right when he's the kicked out and he starts to run his taxi right. again right yellow mein hari piyas in the taxi when the film director and the actress fall in love in kagaz ke phool waqt ne kiya in the film studio so they took care about all this that's what makes them think in the 80s 90s with dream sequence going out of focus just cutting to all this went out there was a thought how to in, include this as part of the thing and as i already said earlier the the words were very rich in poetry the songs had a philosophy of their own there was a much stronger connection between the artist and what was happening in the country at that point of time and that is why people like shailendra people like sailo dhyanvi they could be very very political in their uh, writing in their poetry and writings in these movies and hats off to the filmmakers for also kind of taking those songs in the movies that uh, disconnect has happened it's become danda plus songs are no longer important in the olden movies you could you could say a lot with the songs yeah but it's become dhandana because what has happened with songs simply is that there is no real money to be made from songs anymore yeah it's as simple but as it's that. also it's like coupled a, with the fact that as i said the the pace of life is faster today uh you can't have a sad song for 6 minutes which doesn't move the story forward today in fact the biggest casualty leave alone songs has been the sad song yeah in the yeah. olden days the lyric writer spent a lot of time in really bringing forth the feelings of a broken heart ki some of the best poetry actually and philosophy came in that having been hurt in love right but that doesn't move the story forward no you can't have someone sitting mournfully for 6 minutes staring into space today that even audiences will not take that today
No, that's true, actually. There's one thing which, I mean, because I generally pass through everything on scroll, and there's one thing which comes through most of your writings there, is this, is this uh, about your roots in Pakistan, you know, the family roots in Pakistan. Like there are these, there are these at least seven articles that I see here about J.C. Anand, the Hindi filmmaker who stayed back in uh, Pakistan, the journey of singing great Noor Jaha, first film made in independent Pakistan, the movies, uh, sorry, uh, the, when the Bhajan Om Jai Jagdish have ins Hare inspired a Pakistani love song. You know, five articles at least that I've seen there which are, does it have, I mean, how do you, uh, does it have anything, I mean, is it a subconscious? See, I don't or, know about the subconscious but, but like I said, especially when you've been far, far away from your roots, when you start hitting, I think 40, 45, you get very conscious of your roots. So, that definitely I think comes into play. And in fact, there was a, a thing period, uh, DD Punjabi doesn't do it now, but that time when I got into this phase of discovering one's roots, discovering more about my family, discovering Punjabi cinema, etc. DD Punjabi used to have one Punjabi movie every day, old and new. So of course, the old ones are more interesting to me because that's history uh, over there. And I should see them all, uh, thing over there, uh, thing over there. So, and the fact that as the internet opened up more and more information. You always know that where you came from is today Pakistan. So you always kind of, as much information as you can get from it, what happened there down the years, that naturally kind of, I think, comes into play. And the fact also is that with YouTube today, so much is available on it and a popular cinema on any country tells you so much about the country. So there was that I think fascination with Pakistani cinema because I wouldn't say it's partition partition but it is that is where my family comes from so yes in a way that is also where I come from right have you ever watched a film or a series or read a novel and felt I can write better than this except you didn't really know how to but now you can try your hand at writing screenplays web series or novels with a little help from my book called Anybody can write a film. Devoid of film jargon and loaded with examples from popular films, my book simplifies the process to write films, series or even a novel. Available on Amazon worldwide under the title Anybody can write a film, demystifying the screenwriting process by Atul Daishete. Visit Amazon.in to buy the book in India and Amazon in your respective countries to buy the Kindle version. Anybody can write a film. Now with my book, Anybody actually can. And it and it helps to break a lot of myths when you actually go into it. Absolutely. Because we kind Absolutely. of look at them as, you know, yes, their movies were very tacky. They had to start their film industry from scratch because they only got Lahore as a uh, film filmmaking movie. center and uh, Lahore burnt in the riots. The, the two main studios owned by Hindus were burnt. Shore Pictures and Pancholi Pictures. Later on, Noor Jahan and her husband got, I think, Shore Pictures allotted to them. And they rebuilt it uh, over there. But they had to start from scratch. And uh, Karachi was never a filmmaking center. The first Karachi movies in Sindhi in, in Pakistan came in 56. So I think Pakistan had to start from scratch. And their first movie only came out in 48. One movie. India continued making movies. But then the first movie came out and released on August 7th, 1948. One year after. One year after and just one movie came that year. That year. Uh, what, what was that movie? 
the movie called teri yaad uh had a little bit of an indian connection in the sense that when think pancholi was forced to leave his uh, caretaker was a hindu but that guy opted to stay back so then that guy created his own banner and made teri yaad which the song booklet says ki shot at pancholi arts meaning at the studio uh, and uh, dilip kumar's brother nasir khan was the hero nasir khan debated whether to shift to pakistan or not so he did two movies there as a hero and then came to india i think after that so yeah so it had nasir khan as the thing hero so they had to start their their thing from scratch literally so uh, over there and in fact we have this whole image of this islamic uh, thing fundamentalist state yes it's it became like that posia but pakistan barring whatever issues india and pakistan might have with each other attempted to be a moderate islamic nation uh, in the 50s and things and the 60s and they had scenes in nightclubs the heroes smoked and drank when the heroines played prostitutes they drank uh, they think they think smoked it they wore western clothes in a as early 1959 in a movie called koyal the actress neelo wore a swimsuit on Clifton Beach over there so uh and one of the most sensitive films on the partition has been a 1959 Punjabi movie Kartar Singh which is a very very balanced look and in fact if you look at the history of the films made on the partition till then all the other movies looked at some aspect or the other or it was one part of the film Hmm. Kartar Singh there's a build up of life in the village there's already it's been layered from the very first scene where the where this reading scenes that killings have taken place in Lahore that the the killings are on the village the the violence hits the village the it's a village in east uh, punjab the muslims have to go to pakistan so it includes right from lead up to pakistan i mean i mean to uh, the partition violence in the village outside elements coming in the village burning the exodus of the muslims keep following them your hero and heroine their settlement in pakistan it the entire thing it's the partition that's a character in the movie and it's balanced the one main hindu character is a good guy he's the most respected man in the village the vaid it's the sikh who's the thing trouble maker but even there there are good sikhs when one sikh tries to come on to an uh abducted woman his father kills him and gets the girl back to the border over there and even the main sikh who's the trouble maker kartar singh he joins the rioters because in the script his brother is killed in the riots in lahore so he's also given a personal motive it's not like he's some bad guy and he redeems himself by taking the muslim hero's brother across the border and dying in that over there so it's a it's a very very humane story kartar singh it's I mean, I say balanced as as balanced can be, and it looks at the partition right from leading up to partition to partition to after partition till fifty nine when it at the time it came. It's the most detailed look of the at the partition, and it didn't shy from the violence. Otherwise, the earlier movies spoke about the violence, but spoke about it in a song. They would have documentary footage of the exodus, even if the words are violent, or they'll do you know like things sh- shadow puppetry with violence. Or there are some one building burning. Kartar Singh and then Yash Chopra's Dharamputra mm. don't shy from showing the violence, the horror of it. 
unfortunately the fact that dharamputra didn't do well it took yash chopra in an, an, another direction direction they if you look at dhul ka phool his first film mm. and uh, dharamputra there was a very different yash chopra the key part of dhul ka phool is communal harmony dharamputra and dharamputra showed a hindu fundamentalist as a hero which is unimaginable today in a film i mean actually to be honest in those days there's some pretty interesting stuff done in the movies there's a very lesser known movie called amar rahe ye pyar 1961 uh, had big stars nalini jaywant by but by then she was a past her peak she was about 35 years old so the younger star and at the peak was thing rajendra kumar and nanda they were just paired in kanoon the year before and dhul ka phool the year before that so they were the the big popular names but the fact that the movie was directed by narini jaywant's husband she has a central role somewhere it's set in the partition and uh, rajendra kumar and nanda who are your stars they actually play muslims who are forced to go to pakistan and they're forced to go to pakistan because they face hindu violence so the 61 the movie showed it it happened from both sides so it shows it also happened to them yeah yeah and and this is 12 years before garam hawa finally took a story only from the point of view of the minorities otherwise to a certain extent khartar singh included the majority played the hero but in amarahe you think pyar you had your two saleable stars as part of the minorities who faced a violence from the majority because it happened both ways it I did mean, happen both in ways. a riot it happens on both sides it doesn't happen only from yeah. one side it's 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 everybody knows that and uh, it's amazing i just want to uh, because after dharamputra flopped he used the partition only as an allegory in vakt mm. that earthquake that splits the family mm. it's the partition though it's an earthquake so, oh look wow. at the look at the signage are they've actually done it with a great deal of thought okay don't do it direct dharamputra didn't click allegory bana do earthquake look at the signage because he also comes from pakistan right i mean the in fact his brother faced the brunt of it yes yeah, the yeah. younger brother uh i think he uh, either he came along or he was already there but bia chopra literally had to leave everything so i guess the family then uh but the point is if you look at the signage before the earthquake in vakt it's all in english and urdu and the signage wow. after the earthquake is english and devnagri so it's literally west punjab east punjab that earthquake is the partition but because i know oh my god thought, he used it more as oh, a like got to see this i mean <laughs> but then later on when he had the power he had the thing success he went back to veer zara he went back to communal harmony right. he went back to the fact that the the people are the same from the from the took and especially when that that song that thing preeti and zinta and he sing ki aisa desh hai mera or whatever each could be talking about the other's country, country I mean, yeah. what they talking about that just shows right right so he did go back to veer zara and and those concerns it was always there within him right because he see saw it he came from that background so i guess and he was so people i think sahir saw it in fact sahir saw it on both sides of the border sahir debated right to whether to be in india or pakistan any thing realized that 
there's a, a lot more censorship etc in thing in pakistan and the case was put on him in thing the pakistan so he came over to india sahir that way i think sahir and manto are extremely interesting rare will you find two men who are able to write about women and especially the fallen women with such empathy mm-hmm. manto has a whole collection of stories with the bombay prostitutes as the same right i think sahir has two landmark songs on the prostitutes jinena zehind and aurat ne janam diya mard mardon ko for both communal harmony having seen the partition uh, meant a lot i mean sahir wrote stuff like to hindu banega na musliman banega insaan ki aulaad hai insaan and manto wrote extensively about the partition it's addressing same concerns except one wrote in prose and the other wrote in verse but same concern gender communal harmony empathy for the oppressed and the have nots over there so that i think led to also i think somewhere i think sahir ki wearing his politics and again they were allowed in those days because I think sahir being a part of progressive writers association left leaning actually spoke out against nehruvian socialism yeah that so called idealism of the 50s these guys spoke out against it i think it's all also to be a part of ipta right i mean ipta, IPTA progressive had, writers yeah yeah it ipta had a lot to do with in phir subah hogi itself he wrote that thing chino arab hamara where you see homeless people sleeping in vt mm. and one thing about sahiri that period at least in the, in the 50s he cleverly brought in his thing politics even when the movie is not overtly political Nayadod, for example, now that's not overtly political. It does speak about, it does address Nairobian socialism, but it kind of keeps it. It sugarcoats the issue and it says that development is necessary, but it needs to take everyone with it. But even in that, that Sahir writes when they have to form that road for the the race between the Tonga and the thing, and uh, the bus. What is the key song there? साथी हाथ बढ़ाना साथी रे अगे इट्स अ वेरी लेफ्टिस्ट थिंग एक अकेला थक जाएगा इट्स वी हैव टू डू इट कलेक्टिवली सो इवन देयर ही ब्रिंग्स दैट इन बट ऑफ कोर्स इन फिर सुबह होगी एंड दीदी दर हमने सुना है एक है भारत सब देशों से नेक है भारत ही इज ऑल्सो क्रिटिकल ऑफ नेहरूवियन सोशलिज्म फिल्मेकर्स ऑल्सो इंक्लूडेड दिस the very powerful song in dharamputra ye khiska lahu whose blood when these riots and partitions happen and they got rajendra kumar as a sutradhar so a star the message comes through the stars but then you can also think go the other way with it one thing that pakistan's never been able to reconcile one can understand why in the circumstances but they technically they don't have a legal leg to stand on the way things happen is the kashmir can understand why they feel let down that it was a muslim majority area but the way things happened after the 47 48 war and everything legally and what hari singh did they don't have that way they don't have a claim on it yeah yeah and yet you can understand why they feel uh i think let down on it so pakistan's addressed the issue of kashmir in their movies and the fact that they were they really got a raw deal with it and it should have gone on them 
it's one chip in their thing shoulders when you when you look at it because like i said movies tell you about a people they tell you about a thing it's there they remade a hindi movie jagriti a nationalistic movie as bedari which also means awakening in urdu and it's practically a frame to frame copy of jagriti except that the nationalism is pakistan nationalism and jagriti itself was based on a movie called paribartan that think satyan bose at first made in bengali which is not political it is a coming of age of a spoiled brat who sent to a boarding school and how a teacher who's free wheeling in his a to serve with love or a blackboard jungle type right where an unorthodox teacher helps a boy in it's a coming of age over there of course there are events of real tragedy that play the catalyst you you have his friend who is the cripple and who dies and all that etc in all jagriti made it as part of the idealist 50s this new nation that india is finding its place on the world stage a pakistan did it obviously with thing with thing pakistan thing nationalism not only is it a frame to frame copy the songs use the same tune obviously wow. words are changed so if we have de di hame azadi bina khadna bina khal o sabramati kisan that we we obviously speak in favor of gandhi they have a song again school function yun di hame azadi karke duniya ko hairan think kade azam tera ehsaan tera ehsaan hai okay oh so see the the perception even among the most educated and rare and thing will always be different india will always feel that it lost a part of itself pakistan will always feel they they got a homeland after much sacrifice that one difference is always going to be there but there's some very strong messaging in bedari uh, think for example jagriti uses the busts in that school of gandhi nehru bose and whenever they think they think talk of the nation of freedom struggle they cut to these people jagrit i mean bedari goes a step further by showing live footage of the pakistan flag fluttering and live footage of jinnah they really hammering in the message mm. and in dedi hame azadi when ratan kumar sings that you gave us think freedom from the firangi he tells ki gandhi you played this child with a dushman who was the firangi mm. think pakistan when they come to that part ki you defeated the the enemy at every stage with your final chal meaning getting pakistan mm-hmm. they cut to shots of gandhi which oh. so it's very clear who the villain is who didn't want pakistan there's a lot of messaging with uh, a lot of hammering actually around uh, all this and then there's a the last song where the teacher sings hum laaye hain toofan se kishti nikal ke अब संभाल लो मेरे बच्चों ये देश दे रिप्लेस थिंग किश्ती विद कश्ती दे रिप्लेस की देश विद मुल्क एंड द लास्ट एंड अभी भट्टाचार्य टेल्स एम की एम फॉर द स्काई लीप हाई एंड प्लांट इंडिया फ्लैग इन द स्काई टू शो दैट वी एवर राइट मीनिंग डोंट बी कंप्लेसेंट शो दैट वी एवर राइट एंड टेक इंडिया इवन हायर देर थिंग स्टैंड द गाई टेल्स एम इज की द पाथ हेड इज फुल ऑफ थॉर्स डू नॉट रेस्ट माई की वट एवर माई चिल्ड्रेन our flag has to fly over kashmir okay and that shot is on the biggest star of pakistan's close up saying ki our jhanda has to go so it's very strong messaging so think the kashmir was always an issue with them 
right down the years even if otherwise they were a moderate nation until zia or they were think this one issue was always there and why in fact uh, three of the four wars between india pakistan have been over kashmir over kashmir the 47 48 war 65 war and kargil have kargil. been it's only the the 71 war that China. other issues no oh, sorry one was Bangla, the, Bangla. the liberation of bangladesh yeah, yeah. yeah so so yeah otherwise kibedari had a shot to shot and same tune if we've got aao bachcho tumhe dikhaye jhank ki they've got aao bachcho sair karaye i think tumhe pakistan ki same tune is there in the film same he takes them around the country in bedari that's the what does bedari mean i mean awakening Okay. Oh, even the title is the same. Not only that, by then, <laughs> uh, by then, Ratan Kumar had migrated to Pakistan. Ratan uh, Kumar was his screen name. He plays both the kids, the 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 cripple and the other one in uh, Bedari. He plays one of the kids here, the same guy who's singing "Dedi Hame Azadi Bina Khadna Bina Khal" is singing "Yudi Hame Azadi Ek Aide Azam." The same guy who's singing "Vande Mataram" in "Aao Bachcho" is singing "Their Refrain" was Pakistan Zindabad. Same kid. Wow, it's bizarre. Bizarre. <laughs> I mean, anyway, that's a. All this is a part of my book, actually. Okay. Uh, I think I just came. I thought that this is. I even sent you something. I think we discussed none of that. But this was so amazing. I just want to uh, finish this on uh, something else, which is one of your articles on scroll. You know, which is uh, this that. Uh, how postcards i mean how song booklets were used to publicize films you know earlier so i mean if we could just have a little thing on that see songs became the selling point of thing movies right from the beginning from the talkies and they became what were called the repeat value factor of a movie so obviously then when uh, the producers find that it's kind of uh, songs are selling they also had to gear their publicity in a manner that uh, i think plays up the songs and already baburao painter had already started brochures for silent movies some great artwork as posters of the movie you know little booklets so they kind of extended this with songs which they would think sell in the interval where you would get say the film's poster on the cover the full cast and crew inside uh the synopsis of the movie where they would leave it at some tantalizing point and then you would have the words of the songs then the the inner cover at the back might be our next attraction or behind could be our next attraction etc so so they designed publicity specifically around the songs because songs became so popular and uh now of course they don't do that it's in a way what the cd's did in the 1990s right, you could get that booklet right. in the cd with the words of the right. songs inside but those artworks were far more creative those artworks the artwork was beautiful the the posters etc and some of them had their own identity like bombay talkies the back cover of their movies was always a picture of the of the bombay talkies studio and a list of all the movies that bombay talkies has produced till then so 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 their booklet the back cover was always there for other people like i said it might be an an next attraction Right. But it also shows how disorganized Indian cinema was even then, because if this movie flopped many a time, the forthcoming attraction never came. Because <laughs> they never had the money to make the next film, the next one. Amazing. So, uh, Karan, I mean, this was an I mean, this was an eye opener. A lot of things were eye openers for me. 
and it was amazing to talk to you and uh, i would love to do that episode which i sent you an sms on actually but not now i mean maybe later sure. i'll will <laughs> i'll tell you i mean something which is completely different from what we actually talked but uh, thank you so much for this conversation it was it was really amazing i mean i had such a great time thank you thank you very much karan thanks i hope you enjoyed this episode i drop a new episode every friday night at around 10 pm i will also end this and every episode by recommending a film or a web series but before that here is a small message on how you can help to keep this podcast alive and growing this episode is free and we intend to keep it that way but it does take a lot of time money and effort to produce the show we research write record and edit before we finally present it to you so if you wish to support our effort you can help us produce the show by contributing any amount you wish on our website conversationswithatul.com please note that the word conversations is plural with an s so do visit conversationswithatul.com and here is my web series record i did have to rack my brains to think of what is that i could recommend today eventually i landed on this series which is essentially about filmmaking and how much passion and struggle it takes to make one the series i recommend today is called the offer created by michael tolkien and leslie grief the offer is a fictionalized version of the real life story of how oscar winning producer albert s ruddy managed to bring to screen mario puzo's cult novel the godfather the offer is an absolutely delightful series to binge on the offer rates a huge 8.5 out of 10 on imdb do watch if you haven't already follow me on twitter by following my twitter handle atul taishete spelled as a t u l t a i s h e t e also do visit my website conversations that is conversations plural with an s the complete website address is conversationswithatul.com so see you next friday at 10 pm with a different guest a new episode and a fresh conversation right here on conversations with atul have a rocking fun week and stay safe thank you